You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In today's episode, I'm really excited to do this one. It's going to be a really fun one for me anyways. Uh, we're going to be talking about the future of the Genesis Framework with the lead developer of the Genesis Framework, Mr. Nathan Rice. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. Glad to have you here. And also joining us uh, live with me here in Austin, Texas, is the product manager for the Genesis Framework, Mr. Brian Smith. Brian, welcome as well. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. All right, Brian, we'll get you a little closer to the mic next time, make sure we can get you uh, nice and loud there, but uh, really excited to be able to talk to these two gentlemen today about the Genesis Framework. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with Genesis, it is a theme framework for WordPress. It's the most popular theme framework in WordPress used by over 600,000 brands around the world. And what we're going to be talking about today is the future of Genesis. And this is, of course, super important with Gutenberg right around the corner. Lots of questions out there. What is Genesis going to do? So many sites, so many important sites rely on it. What's going to happen with Genesis? Um, there's also been a lot of discussion uh, 
kind of starting back in early July, late June, after WP Engine acquired Genesis and Studio Press around, well, what are you going to do with these products now? And so what I wanted to do, we've done, uh, had a few guests on. We've had Gary Jones on. We've had Tanya Morick on. Uh, really bellwethers in the community talking about some background, history, strategy, things like that. But really, I wanted to go straight to the the horse's mouth here and hear it directly from from Nathan and uh, Brian here on the show. So Nathan, I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to shoot most of these questions at you, but I want you know Brian, of course, chime in as we talk about various product things. But I'm going to start with Nathan. What is your WordPress origin story? How did you first get started in all this WordPress stuff? Yeah. Uh, so in a previous life, right, right during the end of my college days, I started working in IT, and um, started thinking about my career and how I wanted it to go and everything. And I thought, you know, instead of business cards, maybe I could make a website for myself, like a professional website. And so I um, did some research and WordPress kept coming up as like the solution to this problem. It's really simple to install and you could kind of do it on any host that you, that runs PHP and MySQL. So I thought, okay, I, I, I can handle that. So I tried installing it and I thought I need a, a theme. So I thought I'll, I'll build one. I'm a smart guy. I can build one. And I tried it and I failed miserably and gave up and, uh, and, and actually didn't come back to it for probably another year. When I was less interested in a professional website and started thinking, well, maybe I can just have a blog. So I started it, I tried it again and did get it installed, I think on DreamHost or something like that. And, and uh, just used a free theme and started blogging. And uh, after I blogged for a while, I got a little bit of a readership and I started, I was like, I need a custom theme. I want to build something. I'm going to try this again. So I started looking around and turns out I saw Brian Gardner was releasing free themes. So I was like, this is kind of interesting. I'm going to crack one of these open, see if I can't understand it a little better. And sure enough, you know, after looking through the themes that he was building, I, I kind of started to get it. Uh, so I, I built my first theme for my own website. Um, eventually started releasing free themes got to be friends with some people, Corey Miller from iThemes and Brian Gardner from Studio Press, and, and eventually worked for both of them at different times. And uh, that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. You actually kind of covered my, my next question, which was how'd you get connected to all this Genesis stuff? But it's interesting to hear that connection back with Brian and Corey and everything. Um, getting connected in there. But I'm just curious, like how, what was that moment where you decided you'd actually go work with Brian? Yeah, it, it, that, that was interesting because, uh, you know, sometime I think probably in 2008 or, or 09 maybe, um, WordPress introduces this parent-child theme kind of thing. And um, themes like uh, thematic, which, you know, most people don't think about anymore, but um, that was Ian Stewart, uh, who, who has the, the Theme Shaper website. He works for Automatic now, but he, um, he started really getting kind of obsessed with this idea of parent and child themes. And... Uh, and then there was, of course, there's themes like thesis, which sort of was like one theme that did multiple things. And I thought, well, maybe if we combine this idea of like a framework where, you know, most of the boring stuff lives and then this child theme deal, maybe we can do something interesting. And uh, so I started working on this framework idea in my free time. Eventually, I ended up approaching Brian Gardner with it, with the idea. He liked it and I uh, came to work for him. 
All right. Well, that's a cool little bit of a backstory there. Um, yeah. It's interesting to hear you think about mashing up those two concepts. I also think it was interesting to hear you say that the backend framework was the boring part since you're the lead developer of the backend framework. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, quite funny. Well, it's boring uh, to most people. To me, maybe it's interesting, but, you know, it, it's it's kind of the part that nobody wants to do. So we thought, you know, if we put it in a framework, no one has to do that over and over and over again. So. Well, I think, uh, yeah, anyone that likes saving time, theme portability, performance and security is probably less boring. But, yeah, I think, Absolutely. I think in the grand sense, obviously, that kind of child theme with all the awesome graphics and experiences, uh, maybe a little flashier. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, you're on a, a WordPress podcast, so I think uh, the audience here will, uh, will appreciate <laughs> that boring part. So um, we're really here, though, to talk about the future of uh, Genesis. And, and, you know, obviously Gutenberg is the um, kind of 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room, if that's the right phrase. Um, but um, really want to think about, uh, really ask you um, here for our audience, what are some of the cool things that uh, the Genesis engineering team has planned uh, for the Gutenberg release? Yeah, it's it, the. I think that where most people's minds go to is where you know what's what's going to happen automatically. Um, what things are, are can we start to leverage over time, and what is the benefit of Gutenberg? Period. And um, for us, we decided to take a, a sort of a measured approach in terms of iterating and adding things as time go time goes on. And one of the first ideas that we came up with was this idea of using Gutenberg, leveraging this new editor experience to create the, a, a richer, more pleasant experience uh, when you're creating your website or when you're editing your website or, or modifying your content and that kind of thing. And that's what Gutenberg does, but it, it does it sort of by itself. And how do we bridge the gap between you know what you're creating and what you're displaying on the front end? And how do we use the new features in the editor to fix some of the pain points that people routinely tell us uh, they experience when they're creating content or building their website. Um, so what we decided to do was, first of all, we had to, we had to make Genesis work in more of a configuration driven uh, uh, functionality. So where, to where the, the stuff in Genesis gets configured, enabled, disabled, that sort of thing with, with data files instead of, instead of um, raw code. Um, and this makes it easier, but it also that leads me into what we're, what we're doing is because we're deciding to leverage Gutenberg to make the website creation experience more pleasant, we can take the configuration portion that we're building right now and, and combine it with uh, something that people tell us all the time they have problems with and that's how do I make my homepage look anything like what the what your demos look like on on studiopress.com um, so we take a configuration file and we tell it we want to give you a homepage when you install our themes that looks that's built with Gutenberg so that when it gets imported you can go in and immediately start editing putting in your content keeping it on brand uh, using editor styles and color palettes and and things that make sense to the brand that you're you're trying to represent with your website that's uh you know really meaty stuff there you talked around how you were 
thinking about it or the team is thinking about it in terms of embracing it, right? The point of Gutenberg is to make it easier for the end user to create content, to edit content, and not have to rely on a developer for all these things. And so basically what you've introduced here is this notion of kind of solving for that first experience for a lot of people. In other words, I'm I'm just installing this theme and I need it to look like the demo content, but I also need it to be modular and useful. And so I do want to kind of dive into this, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Nathan Rice, the lead developer of the Genesis Framework. Nathan, right before the break, you were explaining that for the future of Genesis with Gutenberg, one of the areas that the team is focusing on is kind of solving this. My, uh, my site doesn't look like the demo site problem with installing themes, but also through this Gutenberg context. Mm. And uh, what is the name of this feature uh, and in in how are you thinking about it in terms of the future versions of Genesis? Yeah, we're building it as sort of um, as a single feature right now. Right now, we're calling it the demo content API, but it's, it's more of multiple things interacting together at once. There's configuration files, there's uh, uh, running a, like a, pro- a processing system. There's a dependency uh, part to it to where we can actually, um, when you install a theme, we can uh, walk you through the process of, of actually automatically without, any, without any, anything more than just a single button click, uh, interaction from the user, uh, install plugins that, um, that uh, the child theme may depend on in order to run properly. So, you know, 
if you think about in terms of our recent acquisition of atomic blocks, you know, if we're building a, a, a word, uh, a Gutenberg enabled homepage, uh, we would obviously use the blocks provided by the atomic blocks plugin to build those websites, those, uh, homepages because the atomic blocks blocks are, uh, are very useful in doing that. They, they provide some needed functionality for us. So we install those plugins. We, uh, we, uh, import a, a special demo homepage for you that uh, matches the one on our, on our actual demo site so that you can then go through and start, you know, changing headlines and entering your own copy, pasting in your own images, et cetera. So this is, I, I think it's interesting for me, you know, having learned more about this and, and worked with you on some of these items is um, really, it's kind of interesting from a couple of different ways. One, of course, installing a theme and loading the demo content. Um, and I've used this quote before. It's the most disappointing experience on the internet. My, my site doesn't look like the demo, right? Yeah. So that's annoying. And so that's a cool thing to solve for. But it's also this notion of modularity. By loading in those blocks, like a user can reuse them. They're more easily edited than, say, the... Um, uh, the approach for, uh, you know, the kind of current approach with WordPress. And so it's, it's much, much easier for those users to edit the content and reuse it, which is cool. But I thought the other interesting piece of this was that this is something that is being rolled into Genesis Core, which you earlier used the reference that this would be useful for people using StudioPress themes. But because it's in Core, it's also useful to other theme shops in the ecosystem. It's potentially useful to agencies trying to quickly spin up a site. And I thought this was one of the really kind of clever parts about creating this is it just, a, just wasn't to self-serve the StudioPress themes, but rather to be part of Core and beneficial to the entire community at large, which I think is super cool. Now, yeah, that's a, it, it, it's oh, a, you're, you're hundred percent correct in that, you know, it may be uh, we're using our experience with our customers, you know, with Genesis child themes to, to identify and locate pain points and uh, points where they're having trouble and rolling it into core so that anyone who builds a Genesis child theme can actually use this feature. Yeah. And so again, to me, that's one of the cooler parts. So for those though, that maybe they don't really care about the demo content, it's not a big use case for them for whatever reason. What other things does the Genesis um, R&D team have planned for Genesis Core as it relates to Gutenberg? Uh, for, for Genesis Core, uh, we are, so obviously we want to more and more take advantage of the fact that this, that this new editor is available to us. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, if you think about what, what the editor is, it's this sort of mixture of content and design and and you know you may not love it or you may be you know like really super excited about it but the it's coming regardless and so the idea is and i and i think i actually think it's a good thing i think that that part of content creation has become the art of designing a good post or designing a good page um and the problem of course is that you know you, you give someone a design tool and that you know, if, if they're not great at design, they can they can actually mess it up a lot. So, one of the things that we're building into uh, to our child themes, and of course, anyone can build this into their child themes as well uh, in the Genesis ecosystem, is uh, this idea of uh, of using color palettes, um, font sizes, things like this, where where we're actually giving people more limited design options when you're building content. So, you know, if you've got a color scheme that matches your your brand, you can tell 
through your child theme, you can tell the Gutenberg editor only give uh, the editor, whoever whoever's actually editing the content, um, only only give them certain options for colors and only give them certain options for font sizes, um, and that helps keep things. It, it keeps people who may not be great at design uh, from messing up the design too much um, it, while still giving them the freedom to do most of what uh, you can do with Gutenberg. Okay, very interesting. So I'm kind of curious, Nathan, uh, though, it sounds like basically what you're describing is that as an end user, I'm going to want to you know change some things, but by leveraging some of the functions within Gutenberg, I'll be able as a theme creator to provide optionality for them that guides them in the style of the theme that I'm creating, correct? That's, that's exactly right. Awesome, and then you were also kind of alluding to the fact that Genesis itself would allow uh, people leveraging it more performant ways for styling those Gutenberg blocks. Uh, did I hear that correctly? Uh, yes, through, the, through our configuration, uh, through our move to more configuration-based uh, uh, code um, instead of you know writing a custom function or passing this this sort of large uh, piece of uh, code through your functions file you can just have a configuration file that act, that has all of the the data that you want in terms of colors and font sizes and these sorts of things excellent excellent fun stuff so I want to kind of shift gears here for a second and talk to or actually have a, a question for Brian Smith the product manager of Genesis and the Studio Press product. So, Brian, um, I know that you're kind of uh, new to the team, kind of coming in since the acquisition as part of how um, WP Engine kind of reinvested in the engineering efforts there. And I know it's kind of an interesting time for you, learning more about the products, but also learning about the ecosystem and coming in during these great times of change. Uh, what was it like for you as a product manager, kind of coming into learning something new and being in the middle of this great moment of change? I, Nathan's been around the block a few times on this and you know, has lived through this. What's it like for you kind of engaging with, with this new change and how are you and the team dealing with that? Yeah, uh, great question, David. So I've, I've only been here about three months now, but um, it, it's just exciting. It's a really exciting time to be joining this team and to be you know, getting more involved in WordPress. I've built WordPress sites in the past, and I've also built sites on other platforms uh, you know, like Squarespace and Shopify. So I've kind of seen some of these um, other types of editors out there and um, have been really impressed kind of with the direction that they're going, being a non-developer myself, it's just a faster way to spin up sites. So I, I'm really excited that something similar to that is coming to WordPress. I really think it kind of like lowers the, the barrier for entry for a lot of people that aren't as technical. Um, so really excited to see that happening in WordPress, happy to be part of a team that is kind of tackling that head on. And also just wanted to mention, you know, I had not used the Genesis framework uh, prior to, to you know, coming on board here, uh, my first day I set up a Genesis site and had that most disappointing experience on the internet when I activated my theme and it didn't look anything like the demo content. Uh, so very excited that in our next Genesis release, we're going to be able to uh, address that pain point. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate that. And, you know, Brian, I think having, you know, worked with you here for a little bit, I think 
kind of leading through the strategic exercises you've been going through with the team, I think has been really interesting to see how that evolves, to see how you've helped the team kind of identify what the overarching objectives are um, and to think in more strategic ways. And, and Nathan, I know you're a super strategic guy, but you know, being in the, being in the trenches and, and, and hands on keyboard and maybe not in the past having all the time in the world to kind of go back and think strategically all the time, um, it's been really interesting for me to see you, uh, you both of you and, and the entire team work together um, to think about things in this very kind of future looking way. Um, and to me, that's been one of the most exciting pieces kind of after that July timeframe um, to see the team kind of come together and congeal and see the output of this and some of the plans uh, as it relates to Gutenberg. Um, I have some more questions on this, of course, um, but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Nathan Rice, the lead developer of Genesis, talking about the future roadmap of Genesis. 
Um, Nathan, we've got our last segment here, so I want to try to keep these responses super quick, but are very, very curious to share with the audience some of the stuff that's going on here. Um, could you give me a quick flash of what the team is thinking of? We've talked about version 2.8 with Gutenberg uh, of Genesis addressing things like making it easier to style blocks, talking about the demo content APIs that relates to blocks. But I know that version 3.0 of Genesis has been on the plate for a while now. Could you give us kind of the TLDR of what uh, 3.0 would entail? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Genesis is almost 10 years old now. Um, and, and unbelievably, it still works with the first child thing we ever created. It's that backward compatible. Um, we need to shed some of that weight. There's a lot of extra code in 3.0. And so 3.0 is going to be our chance to sort of uh, to, to get rid of some of the stuff that's holding us back from doing things like, uh, you know, using more modern versions of PHP, and, uh, and, and really allows us to focus on the relevant improvements without having to consider the, the fringe use cases. Um, that, that's, the, that's the big overarching goal when, we come to th when it comes to 3.0, and that's what we're working toward with each of, with each of these subsequent 2.x releases. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of uh, deprecation when it makes sense, of course, um, and, and um, code cleanliness and sanity, uh, sanit sanitizing and so on and so forth. But, but there's reasons for this, right? It's not just oh, chopping stuff out. Like, it enables things. What, what are, like, how do you think about the future? Maybe not specific features per se. Yeah. Like, why does that matter that you're doing that? So the less code there is, the more prone, the less prone to bugs it is. Um, you know, you just, it's, it's easier to make sure that you're writing uh, solid, uh, good, uh, uh, stable code, um, and uh, and and without having to think about the backward compatibility, um, uh, the 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 way way backward compatibility stuff, uh, you're able to really focus in on the kind of things that matter. You know, if you're building a new feature, you can you can focus just on that feature and not how is it going to affect themes that are a decade old, um, and. Yeah. and and it, there's also, you know, if we're able to, to use new versions of PHP, we've got speed, security, and reliability to, to consider, too. Yeah, and that's a good point. I'm glad you brought the PHP thing with PHP EOL uh, coming up for version 5.6 and 7.0 here in December. So I'll do a little public service announcement. If you haven't updated your PHP versions, it's something you need to do. It's not just good for the uh, mental health of the product makers like Nathan and making sure they're not having to go too far back with backwards compatibility, but it's actually a big security concern. So I'll just do a little PSA on that. All right, Nathan, thanks for that. Uh, next question up, Tanya Mork and you are working on something cool. Um, can you give us the high-level update of that? Yeah, so if you don't know, Tanya works for XWP, and, uh, the, and, and XWP is actually the author of the, of the AMP plugin for WordPress. And so uh, we thought that it would be advantageous to, uh, to both uh, any of us selfishly who, who have Genesis sites, but also to the Genesis community, uh, to have support, native support for, for AMP in, in Genesis itself. Um, this would allow our themes to work with the AMP plugin for WordPress uh, to deliver AMP pages to visitors, but it also opens the door to native AMP child themes. So child themes that are actually built specifically for AMP compatibility. So uh, we've, we're, we're working on this feature as a plugin right now not to be used as a plugin, but we're building it inside a plugin so we can test it and that sort of thing. And the plan is that when it's ready uh, and uh, probably around the the, uh, the 3.0 dev cycle, uh, that we'll merge it into Genesis Core so everyone can take advantage of it. 
Awesome. And if you're going to be at WordCamp US in Nashville, um, stop by the WP Engine booth, look around. Maybe we'll have some demos of this kind of stuff and some other cool things related to the new version of Genesis. Um, and speaking of WordCamp US, Nathan, you're going to be there. A bunch of people uh, uh, from the rest of the R&D group, Brian Gardner will be there, including, I believe, our two newest members, uh, Mike McAllister and John Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, you alluded to this earlier that um, Array Inc.'s product suite was recently purchased uh, by WP Engine, and uh, Mike McAllister of Array Inc. actually joined the team. What's it been like working with Mike and John? I, I love both of those guys. I'm just curious, like, what's it like having these new resources and, and frankly, some really sharp minds uh, helping you out with this stuff? Yeah, the, their, their addition, uh, what they bring is is invaluable. And, and just the fact that we're expanding the team to begin with is great, but to expand it with such capable and competent people is is amazing. John has already provided significant contributions uh, during the 2.7 release cycle uh, to Genesis. And uh, he's actually leading, when we were talking about the demo content API, he's actually leading that uh, that feature for 2.8. And Mike is, uh, is actually helping him with the uh, design of the, the, the UI for that import process. So um, they're both, I mean, jumped in head first, uh, hit the ground running with, with in terms of work and contrib- contributions to Genesis and the Genesis community already. That's awesome. As someone who ran a Genesis agency for a long time and a part of that community, it's, it warms my heart to see that investment and those people being able to move those products ahead. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us here for this uh, episode today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Thank you as well, Brian. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about Genesis, you can visit studiopress.com forward slash Genesis. And if you're part of the community or like to be part of it, um, you can check out the Genesis Slack channel or Genesis WordPress on Facebook group. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.